Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast. I don't think we can say holiday edition, Pierre. I don't think we're, I guess we're right in the middle of the holidays. I could say it if I wanted to and I wouldn't be lying. Hey, you're the host. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> hey, that is true. Usually it's it's really sound, good DFS advice. Wouldn't you say so? I'd say so. We've been pretty hot, so hopefully we can keep it going. Well, I do a lot of listening to you nowadays. I don't. I, I must admit, I, I try to find those needles in a haystack way too often. But that's how I enjoy playing. You know, I mean, that's something I resoluted this past weekend. Was yeah. I, I'm I know I'm not going to win every DFS lineup because I like to take flyers, man. That's just what I like to do, right? And so yeah. I really enjoy taking those flyers. And I, I've resoluted that I'm going to end up losing more times than not on my quarter and dime lineups. Okay, that's but I take it a little more seriously when I get in that higher range. And for me, a higher range is that dollar lineup that I end up playing, and maybe yeah. that three dollar lineup for that million dollar maker or whatever that whatever it's called. I, I don't even know, Pierre. But I sent you a tweet because I saw you tweeting out all these different winning combinations that you had made and i sent you a tweet and i think i warmed the coggles of your heart he did you had my my guy ty houghton uh gave me a little flack you know for keep going back you're like it better not be him and it was him and <laughs> he got there man i was i was sweating him a bit because again he had another penalty in the end zone that you know causing the miss a touchdown then uh they pulled him down on a deep play one i'm like here we go again but he he got there. He only had four catches, but four for 81 and a touchdown. He was like 18 points for, for 3,900. So, of course, I had to, to hit you up on the Twitter machine and, and tell you what happened. Then you sent back that you had him in your lineup, and I'm like, oh, that's my guy, Wes. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do try to listen. I try to listen, and sometimes I have too many voices going on in my head. But uh, I definitely heard that one, and I really like that advice. Now, you, you said back on Sunday – that you had these things going on, but we even did well last week on on Thursday, I think, traveling mm-hmm. all the way back to then. We've been calling out some winners. We've been calling out some shots, and people have been finding us on Twitter and letting us know that we've been doing a good job, and, and I really appreciate that feedback from all those DFS Dreamer listeners. Absolutely. I, I love the feedback. I uh, love the folks that played the Chiefs. You know, I, I built them late. I, I said it even when I, I didn't get Tyreek in the lineup I made on the show. I, I said before I closed, and a lot of folks called me, and said, you did say this, that, you know, I was going to try to fit in both Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey. And uh, that definitely worked out. I had a DM of someone trying to to pay pay me for lineups, which I don't do. Uh, I just give advice. Um, so definitely tune in and listen. Uh, I'm not going to take your money. I'm not in it for the, the money. But I appreciate you and the offer. But, yeah, it's definitely nice to get feedback. So go DFS Dreamer listeners. Go friends and family. All of you out there, appreciate it. And let's keep this train rolling. Definitely. You can find Pierre on Twitter at PeeWee31. I don't suggest sliding in his DMs. Mrs. Pierre may have a little problem with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. PeeWee. Uh, you can find me on Twitter too at Loafinit on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore right there. And uh, P- Pierre, we got to get a, uh, another DFS Dreamer. A, a DraftKings lineup, uh, whatever you want to call them, tournament going on here pretty soon. I, I don't know when we're going to do that, but we got to get that back out there from the listeners. They really like that. And I have to have revenge against your wife. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> that's been nagging at me just a little bit, you know. I bet it is. She was, she was proud. She wanted to beat me, obviously. That was her main goal. But she, she settled for just beating you, so it worked out. <laughs> 
No, it's all good. Uh, Everything's always fun in fantasy football, so I really appreciate uh, being able to get to know everybody out there on the DFS Dreamer Listening Podcast. Now, listen. All right, so so people gave us a shout out for that T.Y. Hilton advice, and that's that's really good. We've had some big time winners last week, and that's always fantastic. Uh, and and one of the things that they can always do is listen to you. They can always fade me a little bit. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to build these lineups. We're here to talk about these things on a Tuesday night. That's when we're doing this. So a lot of news always seems to break now in the NFL and in the world throughout this time frame as as the week goes on before DraftKings actually starts up these lineups on Sunday and, and Pierre. We can't stress that enough is to always be in tune to what's going on on the NFL news front. Where do you get your news from on uh, for fantasy football purposes? Uh, all over the place. Um, so I mostly follow a lot of the, the beat writers um, on Twitter. Uh, they're there with the team oftentimes. So they're going to get you the information. Obviously, your, your mainstream guys are, are good to follow and your Schefters and your your Rappapores and, and things along those lines as well. But the beat writers that are there with the team. Uh, tend to get the information out first. Uh, they don't always get credit for it. Uh, but I follow quite a bit, uh, basically at least one beat writer per team, uh, which obviously uh, clogs up the timeline. But it's good to get that information because you're getting it during practice and you know you're getting it from press conferences that the coaches are having, and, and it's really good information to have uh, from those beat writers. Okay. And I do too. You get the road of worlds and you have different things like that, but the beat writers are always those people that are right on the cusp of things. And and, and I'm not going to say they give you insider information, but you can kind of read between the lines, especially if you get more familiarized with them on Twitter, you can uh, uh, find those people a little bit easier on Twitter, or you can just read the articles as well. I was really wondering about that Jacksonville Jaguar situation. I tried to send a DM to somebody or tweet at him and I never got a response, Pierre. That that, kind of upset me. I was like, oh man, he just big timed me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they don't necessarily reply to you. I think some of them are actually annoyed by the fantasy community because of all the questions, but there are some that interact pretty well. Uh, so you really just got to play it by air and, and kind of look at their mentions to see if they're really, you know, friendly or if they're just, you know, to the to the point, cut and dry. So definitely good information, though. I'm not sure on the Jags, the quarterback situation and receiver situation is going to be interesting this week. Uh, but the, the COVID-19 world definitely made it even more important to really try to be out in front of all this news because you got games that get pushed back or postponed um even after the lineups uh and salaries came out this week you had the the pittsburgh game uh was moved off of sunday night uh to like tuesday or monday now so you definitely got to stay up on, on top of everything with the pandemic that we're living in yeah, I don't. I, I get lost nowadays, especially this week is going to be tough because we have so many different football games being played on different nights. It's getting darker outside a lot sooner, and now football is going to be on Wednesday, not Thursday. It's going to Thanksgiving was last Thursday. The work schedule is just all off. Pierre, I'm not going to know which day of the week it is, but I do know that we always start out on our quarterbacks. Our mm-hmm. quarterback list is where we always start out for our classic lineup. I believe is that what it's called yeah, on it's Sunday? Classic, classic main slate. You got it. All right. And and I think to start us all off, it's Russell Wilson. Is he the highest priced quarterback this week? He is uh, right at the top, 7,700. Uh, came off a pretty mediocre game, really, um, last night against the Eagles. Didn't have to do much because it was the Eagles. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out. Um, it is starting to get cooler um, and colder outside. Uh, obviously, that comes with the darkness. So that's something you really got to take into account um, and keep in mind when you, when you start to stack or, or build lineups. Uh, Seattle, uh, so far, you know, they've been good, but the supposed to be like 46 degrees, always got to worry about rain. The Giants defense hasn't been, 
uh, too bad this year, really. Um, so I don't mind them uh, in regards to the defense itself. I won't play them against Russ, but that's just something to keep in mind when you consider him at 7,700. Yeah, he's really only reached that 20-point threshold once out of the last three games, and that's really what we try to look for here on the DFS Dreamer podcast is three times the value, try to get in that neighborhood, and I'm just not sure Russ is going to be able to pay that off against those Giants this week. Next guy, we're, we're going to work this tier down, Pierre, and I got an interesting question for you, so make sure my tongue doesn't get too twisted and you understand it before the question comes all the way out here. Hey, let's go in this next little tier here, Pierre. Let's start it off with Kyler Murray, since we mm-hmm. talked about Russell Wilson already. And let's go down. Oh, I don't know. We're going to have to go down, I guess, to the Kirk Cousins tier, just simply because it, Ben Roethlisberger is out this week, at least the game's po- po- postponed. So that gives us about five or six guys. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the deal. Looking at these price points, Kyler starts out at 7,600. Kirk Cousins is at 6,400. Yep. I want to play opposite. You know, usually I'll say, give me one or two guys that you like. But let's say we're building a DraftKings lineup for our enemy. Okay? Somebody we want to see lose. Right? Okay. Who are you going to pick first for your enemy? I'm going to pick Kyler Murray uh, there at 7600 For one, his salary uh, is higher, so that's going to make it a, a harder build, build for them. Um, in addition, he's going up against the Rams defense that's, that's really been really good this year. Uh, they've had a lot of good quarterbacks um, in check. Uh, they got Jalen Ramsey, who I expect to, to put on DeAndre Hopkins and kind of shadow him throughout the game. Uh, Aaron Donald's eating up the middle. Uh, they score points. I mean, they they, they held Brady um, pretty much in check against Tampa. Uh, one of those poor Russell Wilson weeks that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, in week 10, they held him to only 12 points. So the Rams defense is, is really top-notch, I feel. Um, they're starting to to click a bit. Kyler's also got the shoulder injury uh, that he really struggled against with uh, New England last week as well. So I would jam Kyler Murray into my enemy's lineup. Okay. <laughs> jam him into your enemy's lineup. This is, I got to wrap my brain around this now. Okay. I'm going to pick somebody. And I would say at that $7,500 price point, we try to go three times the value here on DFS streamers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to choose Deshaun Watson out of that next little tier uh, to put into my enemy's lineup. And simply because with the loss of Will Fuller, I'm not sure how the team's going to be able to adjust to that. And I'm not, I don't know that Brandon Cooks can necessarily carry the luggage. I don't want to discount Deshaun Watson at all because that guy can pull rabbits out of a hat, right? But I'm just not sure if he could do that this week against that Indianapolis Colt defense at 7,500. I don't think that he's going to be able to pay it off. Uh, you could disagree with me if you'd like. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. It's kind of bittersweet. Um, the sweet parts is against the Coats. Uh, so that's that's always a, a plus for me. Uh, but Will Fuller went to Notre Dame, uh, one of the Indiana schools here. So uh, a lot of fans uh, here in the state of Indiana for him. Uh, really stunk to, to see the, the PED situation, him getting suspended. And, and really, you know, you got to think they released Kenny Stills, Randall Cobbs hurt. Obviously, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. So that really, really just leaves the cupboard bare uh, for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Colts didn't look great um, on defense without Buckner and Autry and Okariki and a few of their stars, but hopefully those guys are, are back this week. And if so, it's going to spell a lot of trouble for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I could agree with you there. I'm always I'm always fascinated by Will Fuller's hairdo. I mean, that's just <laughs> I sit there and I look at it and I I don't know I don't even know where you begin. I I don't I don't even know where you begin. All right, give me another guy that you would jam into your enemy's lineup here. We're almost through this entire tier. I'm gonna let you pick one more guy that you do not like at all this week, and you would jam into your uh, enemy's lineup. 
I, I kind of like the three left. If I had to pick one, um, I guess it'd be Herbert uh, going up against New England. Again, they just did a pretty good job on Kyler. Uh, it could have been the, the shoulder issue for Kyler, but they're they're getting a little healthier on defense. Stephon Gilmore was back, uh, so you'll probably see him either shadow Mike Williams or or follow Keenan Allen around, depending on if they bring him into the slot or not. Uh, Herbert's been pretty consistent and pretty solid, uh, but he's definitely can, still young, so he's he's capable of making mistakes. Uh, Belichick's a pretty good game planner uh, to take away your your top one or two weapons, uh, so I feel like he'll try to do that with a Keenan Allen and probably Austin Eckler. Uh, so if I had to pick one more out of this group, it'd probably be Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's it's amazing whenever you say something like that too, because you think about comparing Herbert to a Kirk Cousins, and and you you know immediately want to think about Cousins being the guy mm-hmm. you'd want to give to your enemy. But Cousins has been balling out. So my next question yeah. to you is: uh, Kirk Cousins against the Jacksonville Jaguars at sixty four hundred, or Aaron Rodgers going against those Philadelphia Eagles this week at Lambeau Field at sixty eight hundred? Who would you rather choose as your starting quarterback for a DraftKings lineup? Um, it's a tough one because, as you said, Kirk Cousins has been balling the uh, last last few games, really. I um, mean, he should get Thielen back. But I go with uh, Rodgers. Uh, they're, they're definitely passing the ball more in Green Bay. Uh, I got a bunch of Aaron Jones shares, and it's kind of been frustrating uh, to see him get down in the, you know, the red zone, the goal line. And he's still, you know, anchored out to Tunyon and Devontae Adams. And even Mercedes Lewis caught a touchdown last week. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, he's obviously the, the talent. Um, as well, going up against an Eagles team that's really in shambles. Um, I know it's going to be a little colder there in Green Bay, but I, I do like Rodgers and prefer him uh, to Kirk Cousins. I feel it's a little safer, uh, even though Cousins has been hot and is probably against a worse matchup in the Jags. Uh, it's still Rodgers, and he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, still to this day. So Aaron Rodgers has got that $6,800 price point, so we want to get him up in that 20 to 21 range. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times he's paid? he's not paid that 21 point range off this year i'm gonna guess not not too many times twice twice he, uh, one of them was a 19 point game and the other one was that six point uh fiasco there in tampa, tampa. bay yeah every other time he's been over 21 DraftKings points throughout this year amazing amazing yeah, he's tough and that tampa game it's hot start they were off like 10 nothing he ran yeah. the end zone has a little growing thrust and excuse me <laughs> unfortunately yeah, I, you know, whenever I do that, too, I always end up in trouble in that <laughs> night. So, <that's... laughs> All right, moving on, next tier here. <laughs> Taysom Hill starts off our next tier. Kind of crazy to even think that he's hit that $6,300 price point as a quarterback, but he certainly has. And we're going to go all the way down here, Pierre, all the way down to a let's, – let's just go – boy, we – uh, let's start with let's go with let's go to Garrett, Jared Goff. All right, at fifty eight hundred, I guess Cam Newton is at fifty eight hundred too. So we're going to go down to Cam Newton as well. Out of these guys, and this to me looks like a really strange place to have to pick quarterbacks because you have Taysom Hill and Drew Brees at the same time. You know, in that same little tier, and, and Drew Brees is uh, just a little bit cheaper than Taysom Hill. You also have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa, so they're kind of one uh, on top of one another right there. And then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I already said that. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa, you got those guys right there. And I thought there was another one that looked very, very similar uh, to each other. I, I guess there's not. But anyway, if we had to pick Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua, are you playing either one of those two this week if they are starters? I would play Fitzpatrick. Um, I still wouldn't play Tua. I don't I don't like what I've seen from him so far. Uh, so I just have to see more, even against Cincinnati. 
Uh, I just wouldn't risk it uh, when it comes to Tatua and his price range. But I play Fitz uh, for sure. Uh, he played pretty well in the Jets game. They kind of ugly game uh, there in New York, but he he still kind of got there. You look at the three times he would need 18 at this salary. He got to 19.3, uh, 257, two touchdowns. Uh, you look at his his starting uh, when he started earlier in the season. Uh, he hit that 18 all but one game, which is week one against the Patriots. So I definitely would consider uh, Fitzpatrick if I had to pick between the Dolphins QB. I would agree with you there. But if two is there, yeah, I'm not going to start him either. All right, so Taysom Hill, he goes to Atlanta for his second matchup there with Atlanta. Now there's some film back. Atlanta's already seen the way they played the Taysom Hill game. Do mm-hmm. you think that he would be able to pay off this time? Last time he had 25 DraftKings points against those same Atlanta Falcons. I don't think so. I mean, that was uh, the first game for him, so he really didn't know what the game plan was going to be. I think we're starting to see it. Uh, he's not throwing the ball uh, too much. He's had 23 and then 16 attempts. Uh, mostly just running. You know, he's had 10 games rushing. They're they're really turning to Latavius Murray and Kamar kind of splitting carries. Uh, so he's not really airing the ball out. A lot of his fantasy points are, are strictly dependent on him rushing um, rushing touchdowns, which he definitely can keep doing. Uh, he's had two, his first two starts. Uh, but if that goes down to one, uh, you're in trouble at his price range right now. So you, you'll need him to get to that, you know, 18 uh, plus range as well, probably 19 plus. Uh, he can do it. He's shown he can do it against this team. But Atlanta plays a little better defense at home. Plus, as you stated, they just saw him a couple weeks ago. So they should have a better game plan for him. And I just don't think he's going to get there. Philip Rivers ran into a buzzsaw against those Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I really wondered as I watched him play. Does does the toe affect you that much in throwing a football? Because he just didn't look right last week. I don't know what it was, if it was too much turkey or whatever it was, but he just did not look right on Sunday afternoon. Well, he didn't. He didn't look right uh, to an extent, and uh, it definitely can play a part because you're really supposed to drive uh, through that front leg when you're throwing. And I know we'll get to him later, but I actually think that's what Carson Wentz's main problem is right now is he's not driving through his front leg. But with Rivers. The Titans did a really good job of adjusting uh, to the coaches' uh, offense. So they were getting a lot of the underneath stuff, uh, the crossing routes, which is really what Rivers excels at, you know, dumping it out to Hines, crossing routes with Pittman and, you know, tight ends and Burton. And the, the Titans really took that away. If you watch that game back uh, early on, it was back and forth uh, because they were giving Rivers those comfortable throws. But they started to push up uh, right there in the second quarter and into the second half where – they were basically daring him to throw it deep and he really wasn't doing so. And he struggled and he struggled. And uh, he started to see basically how T Y Hilton started to get into play is that he actually started finally taking shots down the field. Um, and T Y started making plays out of those few balls. So it was really good from the, the Titans defense to adjust and really take away the, the shorter routes from mm-hmm. rivers. If the Texans do that as well, um, he could be in trouble again. Uh, but I think that the, the comfort level at Hilton may be a little bit better now and he might be more willing to air it out. And if so, that should open up things across the field. Boy, that's a precursor for T.Y. Hilton love in our wide receiver section of this DraftKings. I can hear that coming already a mile away. <laughs> hey, do, do we trust anybody else in this tier or are we just going to pass on the rest of these guys? I don't know how in the world you can trust a Cam Newton anymore. This is a really interesting tier. Um, I actually don't mind Cam. Uh, the Chargers defense really hasn't been hasn't been that great. I know they have Bosa. Uh, they had Hayward, who I know missed the last game. Uh, but they haven't been wonderful at all when it comes to that defense. And, and Cam Newton's definitely uh, got the upside. Um, when you look at that right now, his range, 5,800 
again, you're needing right around 18. Um, he's done that in what five or three out of the last five games. Uh, so he's capable of doing that. He does have the rushing upside. He will call his number uh, down the red zone in the goal line. So I think he can play uh, the, the over-under here. Like, they're pretty ugly this week <laughs> when you look at the mm-hmm. over-unders. This one's at 47. Uh, so good weather, though, 75 degrees, which should help uh, Cam because he's not the, the best accurate thrower. Uh, I actually don't mind Goff either. Coming off a really terrible game against the 49ers, and I, I mentioned that their defense was – Starting to get healthy when they, they got Armstead, um, Armstead off of the, the IR. They got Richard Sherman back. Uh, but, you know, going up against Arizona, they really struggle against the, the slots, uh, the slot receivers. You saw Tyler Lockett really destroy them uh, earlier in the year. And the Rams got two really good slot receivers in Cup and, and Woods. So this really could be a bounce back spot for Goff at 5,800. So I don't mind him there as well. I think Carr's probably the one I'll, I'll continue to, to shoe off. Uh, terrible game in Atlanta. It's supposed to be really cold. Um, in New York this week as well. I think it's 13, 14 mile an hour winds, 42 degrees. So Carr would probably be the one uh, that I say no to in this range. I can't say I blame you there after what they did in Atlanta last <laughs> week. Hey, man, we're going to start off with Matthew Stafford, and he'll be under a new coaching regime there in Detroit, I believe, where he starts us out at 5,700. And I'm going to take us down now, okay? So you got you got to pay attention to this one now. I'm going to take us down to that New York Jet game at, at 5,000, okay? okay? And my question to you is this. Uh, you, you have a Nick Foles and a Mitch Trubisky, both of them going up against Detroit. I'm not sure who's going to start. Mitch didn't look too terrible last week. Uh, Nick Foles doesn't look too terrible either. So I think you got two terrible quarterbacks playing for the Chicago Bears. You see how I did that, Pierre? You see? Okay. Uh, who's your favorite team again, Wes? <laughs> would you play either one of those Bear quarterbacks sitting there, both of them at 5,400 against the Detroit Lions this week? I think I played Trubisky. Um you look at his best games in the last couple of years, and they've really all, um, except for maybe yeah. one, come against the Lions. Uh, even this year, you know, week one, I know they were struggling earlier, but he, he came back. They came back and won that game. He put up 24 fantasy points. Uh, last year, week 13 in Detroit, he put up 27.9, uh, threw for 338, three touchdowns. Uh, week 10 last year, he put up 19.72, uh, threw for 173 and three touchdowns. So he's, he's really played well against the Detroit Lions. So if you expect that trend to continue, then you definitely will play him at 5,400 because he's gotten value um, basically the last two years against this team. Uh, 37 degrees in Chicago. I know that wind, uh, being a Cubs fan, that wind gets really cold off the lakes up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to be careful there. But, I mean, if you have to play one, I think Trubisky would be the one you play, and he's probably going to be the one that starts. Now, I know Daniel Jones really looks like he has a, a larger hamstring injury than then we really want him to because the guy had been balling out a little bit more. And I was really anticipating the second half of the season to look mm-hmm. pretty good for him, but it looks like he's going to be out. Now, can we count on Colt McCoy at 4,800 to maybe pay off this game for, uh, for the giants against the Seattle Seahawks, whose defense has yeah. gotten a lot better the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that helps. It helps that their defense has improved because otherwise I think you'd have to consider him. Um, I don't think he's really looked that great in the NFL at all. Um, he's the bee's knees there in Texas, but uh, since he's been in the NFL, he hasn't been good in Cleveland and his other stops either. So I think Washington was one of them as well. He, I just don't like the way his game is, has kind of transitioned. Uh, obviously, again, you said Seattle, but their defense has been better. So even at 4,800, um, I guess it's worth a dart if you really need someone. 
Uh, I'd probably be more inclined to, to play a Glennon if he starts at 4,800 again this week uh, than I would be McCoy. So I'd probably say no to the code action. Well, and that was going to be my next question. I think that they've resoluted not to play Minshew anymore this year. I know he keeps getting that questionable tag, but it just doesn't seem like to me that he's going to end up playing. And so when we look at those Jacksonville Jaguars, and you mentioned his name, and I think that that's going to end up being the starter at least for the next, what, two weeks, uh, probably Mike mm-hmm. Glennon, until they decide to switch again and <laughs> realize Glennon's <laughs> playing a little bit too well. I was going to ask you if you would play a Minshew or a Glennon if, for Jacksonville against that Minnesota Viking team who, who just really just up and down season, but it's still that same secondary that struggled throughout this whole entire year. Yeah, I think he can complain. Uh, he, he looks decent, you know, against the Browns. He threw for 235, two touchdowns, and that was without, you know, their their best receiver and DJ Chark. Um, he did that without him. He did it without Chris Conley. So that that's pretty solid. Now you're going to go indoors uh, against Minnesota there. They're obviously underdogs in this game. Uh, it is one of the higher over-unders as well. I have it at 52 right now with the Vikings favorite by nine and a half. Uh, so that's the game script you want where they'll be trailing and he'll be forced to throw it. Um, he'll be easy to stack at his price uh, as well as at the receiver's price range. Uh, barring that, you know, charts out again, you're going to get Keelan Cole and Colin Johnson and, you know, LaVisca Chenault. All those guys are going to be super cheap as well. So he'll be easy to stack. So I definitely think he's playable if he gets to start again this week. And I know that I jumped around a little bit, but man, these these quarterback situations are just getting weirder and weirder as I look at these DFS things, and all the prices run almost very similarly together. And even this one, the Carson Wentz situation in Philadelphia, and you have Jalen Hurts at 5,300. Wentz is sitting there at 5,400. Can you believe that? 5,400 for Carson Wentz. Do you know where he started his price point at this season? Pierre? It's 6,300 in game one against Washington, and he's dropped down to 5,400. I, th- I thought he had reached a higher pinnacle than that, but I, as looking back at it here, I don't, I don't see that he did. But still, just a, a, a huge fall for Carson Wentz. Can you play him against Green Bay and that, those great cornerbacks that they have? It'd be really tough. Um, the one, the one bright side that they have, and unfortunately they're not using him at all. Uh, so it may not be a bright side this week, but the the running back situation, uh, Green Bay struggles a lot uh, against the running backs. Uh, Miles Sanders is a good one. Why he's not getting carries, I don't know. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to running back. But if they can get him more involved, <clears throat> I think it'll open up things for Wentz. Um, I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz. Uh, I like him as a guy, as a person. Feel like he's still a good player. I really do feel like he's throwing mostly with his upper body. If you watch those games and if you look back at his uh, 2017 season when he was really, I think the the MVP front runner up until his injury when they were 11 and two before he went down. Uh, he's not driving through that front leg anymore. He's kind of throwing everything uh, with his upper body, which isn't really putting a lot on the ball. It's floating, um, etc. Um, I kind of. <laughs> I don't wish bad upon anybody, but I, I, I would not mind. If Rivers decides to retire, I would love if the Coats went and got uh, Wentz, um, reunited him with Frank Wright, uh, really fixed him up. Uh, Coats are looking for a more long-term solution. Not sure that's going to take place, but I really feel like it's just a mechanics type of situation. And if Philly is dumb enough to chase him out uh, versus trying to get him to fix his mechanics, I'll be all for him coming to Indy. Uh, but I do think he can be playable. It's going to depend on the game script. Uh, it's going to be tough if they don't run the ball like they did uh, last night. Uh, but if they run the ball and kind of open things up, I do think Wentz could be in play uh, 5,400. 
Okay. Hey, I, I, now that kind of leaves all the solidified starters for the teams because there's still Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield out there, uh, Sam Darnold out there that I'm looking at in this little tier. Do you see any of those four or five guys that you would like to play this week or are all of them off the table for you? I'm not, I don't think I'm playing any of them. Uh, but one I may consider uh, would be Matt Ryan. I feel like he could he could definitely bounce back from the really two poor games in a row uh, that he's had uh, against New Orleans. Uh, depending on the Julio news, if they get Julio back, uh, but I, I think he'd be the one. But I'm probably not going to play any of them. And we're not going to play any Cincinnati Bengal quarterback yeah. either, are we? No, not at all. Wait, what, what? They're pretty cheap though. I mean, they're all at the four thousand range, Pierre. Yeah, they're pretty cheap for a reason. <laughs> 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 okay, let's jump over to the wide receivers then. And one of those things that I always like to do is I like to see who the highest priced players are. And this week, nobody hit that 10K mark, but Dalvin Cook jumped over that 9,500 mark along with Derrick Henry at 9,200. So Derrick Henry's vaulted himself into that 9,200 or $9,000 tier. And Devontae Adams stays there as well at 9,000. And he's the one who starts off all of our wide receiver talk here. We talked about how Aaron Rodgers wasn't necessarily the highest priced uh, quarterback for DraftKings this week. Maybe you could pair him up with the Adams and get a little bit of juice out of him. But really, Adams hasn't paid up to that DraftKings price for a long time, Pierre. Yeah, he's had a few uh, weeks in a row now where he hasn't really exploded uh, like he did back week seven through nine. Um, he got pretty close against the Colts. Uh, that game went to overtime. He got 26.6. Uh, so that's pretty close to that three times that you're looking at for, for the 9K. Uh, he's still the leader in targets. Uh, they're really just able to, to spread the ball out a little bit more now that they got Alan Lazard back. Uh, Aaron Jones is back in the fold, so it's not just dependent on Jamal Williams. Uh, so that's definitely something to consider. Uh, if you do go with Rodgers, obviously Adams is the one you want to stack. Uh, I personally still think he's the best receiver in football. Uh, his route running, his hands, uh, to me, are just elite. Um, so I take him over Irv Hopkins and, and Tyreek, who I know is in the fold, and you know Metcalf, who's trying to make his claim as a young guy. I think Adams is my top guy. Uh, it's a high price tag, but he he's definitely capable of of getting there. But even if he doesn't, he's just safe. Um, sometimes you can play these guys just to have a floor, and uh, he's going to get you probably double digit points. You know, nine times out of ten. Uh, I think the only time he didn't get double digits uh, was a game he got hurt against Detroit. Um, they even got blown out in Tampa, and he still got the 12. Uh, I don't expect that to be the case with the Eagles. I feel like they'll, they'll probably win this game, and he'll be a part of it for sure. So I really don't. I, I, I understand the floor um, part as well. I, I just live in the booms, though, baby. I just live in the ceilings, you know what I mean? <laughs> and the boom usually comes from me hitting the floor really hard. Whenever. <laughs> Whatever, I'm just living up there in the ceiling. Hey, uh, so let's go to this next. Let's go to our tier here from a DK Metcalf or even an Adams. We can go all the way over there. Let's go down to Tyler Lockett at 7,400, Pierre. That's going to be my little window here of opportunity. And to be honest with you, I don't really like this. I just don't like this tier all that much. Everybody seems very either evenly priced or higher priced than I really want to pay for them. So do me a favor. Pick. Pick me one player who you think will make this three times the value out of this tier. Yeah. Uh, I don't like this tier either. Uh, just okay, so you're good. Aware, but uh, I, I pick – give me give me Tyler Lockett. Uh, DK just came off his big game, uh, really showed out. 
um, against the Eagles last night. I know he had the, I took this, you know, personally uh, when yeah. it came to Jim Short. What, what was Jim Schwartz thinking? I mean, I'm I just, know. you know, maybe he was thinking the same thing he always thought of Detroit. And that's the reason why he's not the head coach there anymore. But, it sounded like just a small conversation where he was trying to give him a, a backhanded compliment, I think. It, it just definitely turned out the, the wrong way. So I'm sure that, that didn't help the Eagle fan situation uh, when they realized that was the case. Um, but he had his big game. I do expect Brackberry. Uh, I know DK can probably win any matchup, but I expect Bradbury to limit him a bit. Um, and I also expect Russ to, to maybe go and, and try to make Lockett happy this week after DK had his big week. They've alternated here a decent amount uh, throughout the season, but I feel like the, the slot um, is definitely a, a better spot to target against the Giants. So I, I'd probably go with Lockett, 7,400 okay. if I had to pick one. Okay, and I'm glad we're thinking on the same things. That means I'm maturing as a DraftKings uh, analyst, by the way. Uh, and and give me the one player who you just look at this tier and go, ain't no way he's getting there on this price point. So give me one player that will hit the floor really hard. Ain't no way. Ugh. They're all capable of getting there. Hopkins. Yeah, I go Hopkins. I really think Jalen Ramsey's one of the top corners. Uh, I know folks don't like the whole cornerback wide receiver conversation, but mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Ramsey's solid. So I'd probably say Hopkins, uh, looking at him. Last two weeks, he hasn't been able to do much um, against New England and Seattle. You do have Kyler Murray uh, dealing with the shoulder injury as well, uh, which also you know limits things. So I'd say Hopkins is the one that I'd say no way to. Okay, I agree with you there on those points. Very good a- analysis. So we're kind of staying away from all these wide receivers in this top tier a little bit, unless we just want to pair them up and we think that they have a very safe floor we're looking for floors in that top tier this week yeah i play adams uh, he's probably the one i know he's the most expensive uh but he's definitely the the favorite target in green bay uh, most talented has a really good matchup you just saw what metcalf did to, to darius slay uh, so adams could definitely do the same thing so i know he's pricey but if i had to play one and i wouldn't be had like I, i'll probably look to, to have some adams if i can afford him all right, so our next tier goes from Adam Thielen, and we'll go all the way down to Julio Jones. Thielen starts us out at 7,300. Julio Jones is 6,600. When I think about those Minnesota Viking receivers, it's really appearing to me that Justin Jefferson has got a better floor than uh, Adam Thielen, who might be able to bottom out a little bit harder. Am I right in thinking that Jefferson has a safer floor? I don't know about safer floor. Um, they're both pretty similar. I think Thielen's more touchdown dependent. Uh, so that definitely helps out the Jefferson cause because he's, he's actually can get there without scoring touchdowns, whereas Thielen usually needs one or two touchdowns uh, to really boom. Um, so that's there's that. Uh, Thielen also jumped in price um, a thousand yeah. uh, from his last one against Dallas. Uh, so that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. Uh, he's he's still questionable. Uh, he's on the COVID list himself. Uh, I know he's expected to, to be available, but that's just something to monitor there. Uh, but it's definitely you know, within your wheelhouse to take that $400 uh, discount and, and go with Jefferson. Uh, I don't know if he's safer, but again, he's not as touchdown dependent as Thielen is. I think it's the same thing in Atlanta where Ridley seems to have maybe the better floor just basically because of injuries with Julio. You never know if he's going to mm-hmm. be able to make it through the whole game anymore or even play anymore this season. So Ridley seems to me to be the safer floor, Pierre. So let me ask you this. They're going up against those New Orleans Saints this mm-hmm. week. Uh, would you rather have Ridley, Julio, or neither? Uh, if I, I, I'd go Julio. Um, I like having Julio when he's cheap. Uh, 66 current is really cheap. I know he's got the hamstring, so that's 
always concerning when it comes to receivers because they can easily re-injure that, you know, sprinting or, you know, quick cuts on their routes. Uh, but when you're looking at, you know, you're needing 18 to 19 points uh, from Julio Jones, he can definitely get there and he can get there big. Uh, he's got big play potential, big point potential. Um, you look at the discount that he is from Ridley as well at $600. Uh, I wouldn't mind him. I hate the the questionable and the hamstring, but he's definitely one I always like to play when he's, he's cheaper and lower owned. Okay. I, I like to stay away from Julio whenever he has that questionable tag. And it, and it concerns me with the hamstring injury, like you said. And I'm not sure how much they have left to play for in Atlanta. I know they won just last week, but I mean, it, it's it's getting the, the playoffs are looking very bleak right now for them. All right. Michael Thomas and Allen Robinson leave us the last two there in that little tier. Both of them have got really good matchups, mm-hmm. but both of them have got really bad quarterbacks, Pierre. <laughs> I don't know that we can trust either one of those guys in that price tier, but I'll let you convince me otherwise. Um, I think you could play them both. Uh, for one, you got Michael Thomas in the dome, so there won't be any weather elements. Uh, he's clearly been the, the safe uh, person for, for Taysom Hill. Uh, I know he didn't really look great in Denver, but they really didn't need him 31-3. Uh, they didn't have to pass the ball that much given the Denver quarterback situation, which was really just a hot mess uh, altogether. Um, you could definitely see them needing to throw the ball more, um, as I feel like the Falcons will obviously be more competitive uh, than the Broncos were. So I wouldn't mind him. Uh, he was 7,300 the same matchup a couple weeks ago and, and got there uh, at 22. So that could definitely uh, happen again. Allen Robinson, I know you don't like to hear this, but I hope he gets freed uh, from Chicago. I feel like he's a really talented receiver, and uh, he's really had a I don't know, just really poor quarterback play, uh, really in Jacksonville and now in Chicago. Uh, definitely capable, um, 6700 really good price tag if he had a better quarterback. He could get there for sure, uh, 27 against the Packers, 8 for 74 and two touchdowns. So uh, if I had to pick one out of him and Thomas, it'd be Allen Robinson. I just, like you said, wish he had a better quarterback uh, there in Chicago. Yeah, and, and keep this in mind. I think I'm more loyal to – players mm-hmm. who have done me right, right? And Allen Robinson has laid it all out there on the field. He gives you his heart and soul every single week. And mm-hmm. I know he had a little disgruntlement with the coaching staff earlier in the season and the front office about getting paid, but I'm not necessarily going to blame him for something like that because he played through that kind mm-hmm. of environment. He still gave everything he had to the team. And so in a situation like this, I, I totally am on Allen Robinson's side where I want the best for that guy because I appreciate and value what he's given to the Chicago football team. Okay, so I, I do that. My my thought is, as I sit there and watch him, yeah. where is the best place for him? And then I go, oh, man, please don't go to Green Bay. I, I don't know if I can root for you if you're a Packer, man, I, and doing that to the Bears, baby. I don't know. You know, I, I do, though. I wonder who's going to go after Allen Robinson hard because it's not going to be the Bears. Bears are going into total rebuild mode after uh, the next couple of months, if not the next couple of days. So I, that's the way I look at the Chicago Bears. And so I speculate on where Allen Robinson may go. And one of those landing spots to me is Green Bay. Yeah, someone's going to pay him. Uh, if it's Green Bay, I know I'll have a happy household, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I wouldn't mind even Indy. Uh, I know they were interested in him a bit uh, when he was in Jacksonville and became a free agent. They just didn't want to pay the price tag. may still be the case, but uh, you do have T.Y. Hilton getting up in age. Uh, Michael Pittman, you know, he's a rookie, still a ways away, so they could definitely use another weapon in Indianapolis. Um, hopefully it's not on like one of these poor teams uh, that are struggling. 
Uh, I hope he doesn't just chase the money. He actually goes somewhere that, you know, they can use him. And, you know, Philadelphia could even use him, uh, get another weapon for, for Wentz. They've kind of beat around the bush uh, when it comes to, to getting Wentz, really, a right receivers. Uh, Jeffrey's up in age, and, you know, he struggles. They went and got Jalen Rigor, but we'll see how that kind of plays out. He's still a young guy as well, but they're also running out, you know, Greg Ward and, and Travis Fogel, who, yeah, he, he looked good early, but, you know, again, he may be showing up, you know, who he is right now. So I could see Philadelphia uh, definitely be in the mix also. Uh, never discount Belichick. Um, I'm not sure Cam Newton can pass it to him either, uh, but Belichick's, you know, been known to, to get a top receiver. I know they got Randy Moss uh, there as well at one point, so definitely keep them in mind also. Yeah, look, man, you keep saying you want him with a good quarterback, and you hope he, and you're bringing up Indianapolis, and you're bringing up Philadelphia, oh, and, you're, oh. and you're bringing up New England. Oh. Hey, I you think Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz over anybody of the Bears. I agree with you there. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but still, man, it, it, I'd want to see a good, a great quarterback. Well, how about that? A great quarterback for Allen Robinson. And one of the things I've noticed about Allen Robinson, and we're getting on off on an Allen Robinson tangent here. I don't think he gets all that great sep- great a separation from the the cornerback position. I mean, he could sit down mm-hmm. on his own. He knows how to read all that. He makes great catches, and that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I've always noticed about Allen Robinson, great contested catches, okay? That's the other thing is that they yeah. seem to always be contested. Somebody's always right there. I don't know that he necessarily gets that great separation week in and week out. So uh, I, I think that maybe as he gets older, that's going to be harder and harder to do because the contested catches, the hand-eye coordination just might disappear from you uh, overnight, really, in my opinion. <clears throat> That's me. Hey, next here, Devontae Parker starts us off, and I call him first. You cannot have Devontae Parker. He is my guy. I am taking him this week all day, all night, 14 targets. Now, this is all contingent on whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. <laughs> Quick backtrack there. <laughs> I mean, am I right here? Devontae Parker has got to be uh, has got to be one of the higher uh, percentage owned DraftKings players on Sunday. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's there. A lot of folks will have him, and rightfully so, for sure. Yeah, fourteen targets last week. He's definitely going to be ruling that roost right there. Hey, let's go all the way down to I don't know. I can't read my writing. It's something with a J. Oh, J- oh probably Jacoby Myers. That's what it is. Uh, let's go all the way down to Myers there for the New England Patriots in this tier, Pierre. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Give me two guys out of this tier that you really want to play this Sunday. Uh, same team, uh, Cup and Woods. <laughs> I want those two guys. I mentioned earlier uh, the Cardinals really struggle uh, against uh, the slot. Uh, they both play out of the slot quite a bit. Uh, coming off a really poor game by Goff, uh, I can see them having a similar uh, game like they had in Tampa where they both exploded. So Cup and Woods are the, the two I play in this range. What about Landry? Are we looking for a Landry breakout season uh, because of the game that he had last week, or are we just saying that that was Jacksonville? No, I think that was just Jacksonville. Again, better weather. Uh, so Baker could kind of throw it around a little bit more. It's going to be 41. This does have the highest Team total, uh, just so you're aware, highest team total, 54 right now. Cleveland Browns at Tennessee Titans in 41-degree weather. So we'll see how that plays out. But, no, I think that was more uh, Jacksonville, and I expect it to to not be a Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry show this week. So I got to ask you about Brandon Cooks just simply because of that Will Fuller situation. Mm -hmm. But Brandon Cooks cannot jump into that Will Fuller role. Brandon Cooks is going to have to play the Brandon Cooks role. And and to me, that's completely opposite of what Will Fuller brings to a team. Yeah, um, he's he's fast, but he's more small 
<laughs> small, fast instead of Will Fuller, uh, bigger, bigger receiver body fast. So I don't know if that made sense or not, but I don't really know how they're going to really replace Will Fuller and what he brings. I think he opened up a lot of things for Brandon Cooks. Um, that's not going to be there. And they really have no one that can open it up. And, and Brandon Cooks to me isn't a, a number one wide receiver uh, like Will Fuller can be. Uh, so I really expect them to, to struggle. I'm not sure really what else they're going to do. I know they got Kiki QT uh, to see what happens there. I'm not sure who else they're going to call up. Uh, I think Stephen Mitchell uh, was fourth in routes uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so he may see some more action. They may have a guy on the practice squad, but it could get really ugly uh, for that wide receiver core there in Houston. Yeah, especially this first week with this, but just don't don't expect Brandon Cooks to be elevated to that number one wide receiver tier overnight for sure, if at all this rest of the season. All right, so we got DJ Shark who hasn't played in forever. It feels like I don't know why, but maybe <laughs> because of that injury he had a couple of weeks ago. So he'll kind of start us off at that next tier, and let's just take it down to Alan Lazard at five thousand. Pierre Shark mm-hmm. is at fifty four hundred. Lazard is at five thousand. Are you looking to play anybody in this tier right? here to me it looks kind of bleak just because of the quarterback situations that they're in yeah i don't like anyone um in this range at uh, chark if he's healthy uh would be the one i think you would play uh, going up against minnesota again glennon looked like he was serviceable uh, and able to get the ball out and you know chark's definitely talented uh, he hasn't been the same since the injury and without Minshew, uh, but he'd probably be the one in the range everyone else I, i'd have to say no to everybody's Corey Davis. And I hear what they're saying. I hear them clucking. But whenever I go and look for an egg, I just don't find it underneath them. You know what I mean? Uh, Other than some goose eggs every once in a while. I mean, he had 10 (laughs) fantasy points last week. He had 19 the week before and then 11 fantasy points against your Indianapolis Colts three weeks ago. And this week, I just can't see him having a great week against Tennessee, Pierre. And I'm just wanting to get your thoughts about a Corey Davis because everybody's talking about him. I mean, he, he's a first-round pick, so a lot of folks are, are waiting and hoping uh, that he shows something. I want to say he was like number five overall uh, when he came out in the draft. It's it's good to have A.J. Brown back because he's opposite him and taking away attention. Uh, they also haven't had Adam Humphreys, who's been, you know, out. Uh, that's something to monitor as well because if Humphreys is back, uh, he does actually steal some targets um, away, but he's really been dealing with a concussion, so not sure he's going to be back. Uh, he's been serviceable when it comes to, to Corey Davis. You look at his game logs, he's, he had double digits here probably more often than he's had in his career, uh, this season. So he's definitely able to get there. You're looking for about 15 uh, to pay off salary. Uh, he's done that four times this season. Uh, again, AJ Brown takes away a lot of the pressure. Derrick Henry opens things up cause you know, they can run play action and, you know, really suck down the, the defense, uh, targeting Henry. So all that benefits him. Uh, I'm not sure um, how great he actually is or how good he is. He's in a contract year as well. So, you know, he could be playing uh, for another contract somewhere else. So keep that all in mind. Uh, I'm just not the biggest fan of him. Hasn't shown me much, but it is good to see a little bit of consistency uh, from him this year. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are in the middle of our next tier, Pierre. And that goes from Pittman Jr. with your Indianapolis Colts at 4,900. And I'm going to take us all the way down to Russell Gage at 4,500 for these wide receivers. My question to you, though, is this. Are you confident in playing a T. Higgins who really looked like to be the favorite target of Brandon Allen last week? I think it was Brandon Allen. Is that who played? It was. was Brandon Allen. 
he seemed to be the favorite target of Brandon Allen last week, not Tyler Boyd. Are you would would you prefer T. Higgins, who got us fifteen ish fantasy points last week, or DK points last week at that forty six hundred price point? Uh, I think I'd probably lean Boyd if I had to. Uh, they both got what five targets, six targets, so really wasn't that many targets that they got. Uh, Higgins just did a better job of converting on his. I'm probably going to avoid these receivers, though. Um, just not the same without Burrow. Uh, their price tags are definitely interesting, but Miami's defense has been really well, been really good this year also. Uh, I got to assume, I think Xavier Howard's probably going to gonna shadow T. Higgins uh, since Tyler Boyd's in the slot. Uh, so if you had to play one, it'd probably be Boyd, but I wouldn't play a Bengals receiver until next year, maybe not until you know, 2022, <laughs> depending on how quick Burrow hits from his uh, ACL, MCL injuries. So over the last four weeks, Mike Williams has uh, hit double-digit DK points and then hit it not. Hit it and then hit it not again. Do you think that this week against those New England Patriots, Mike Williams, you could take a shot on him because he will be the lone man standing after Bill Belichick takes away those other weapons? That's the, that's the thing. If, if he's the, the one that's the, the last one standing, you definitely want to. Uh, that trend of on and off is actually set to be on. Uh, so he's set to have a, a good week this week after missing last week. Um, but again, it's going to depend on where, where Gilmore goes. If they, they have Gilmore on Keenan Allen, then you definitely want Mike Williams. If Gilmore's on Mike Williams, then you definitely want Keenan Allen. So it'll depend on where Belichick uh, goes. I'm not sure if I can find film or not to, to see if he's uh, played them recently and what he did there. Uh, but that's going to be the key. I expect, expect Gilmore to be on Keenan Allen. If so, uh, that should open up things for Mike Williams. All right, you can pick one more out of this group if you would like. If not, you can just say, I'll pass. Yeah, the only one is my guy, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, disappointed last week against Tennessee, but again, he was running a lot of those shorter slant and crossing routes. Uh, he got nine targets. He only was able to convert two of those. Uh, if he's able to convert uh, a couple more of those and maybe get in the end zone, he should be able to pay off that 4900 price tag. So Michael Pittman Jr. will be the other one I consider in this price range. Would you go ahead and double up with him and take T.Y. Hilton, or would you choose one over the other because he starts off our next tier at 4,300? So T.Y. Hilton's the father of the Houston Texans. Excuse me. <laughs> yes. yes, if you look at his game logs, he destroys the Texans in Houston. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to be the case because uh, it really didn't feel like Rivers uh, was wanting to, to air it out to him. They did get warmed up lately. Uh, later in that game against the Titans. So if that trend continues, then yes. Uh, but yeah, T.I. Hilton's the, the father of, I think it's Reliant Stadium there in Houston. So I would love the playing. I wish uh, he would have got more targets. Uh, I know he made the, the best out of the five targets that he got. So that could be, you know, maybe a, a combo that's starting to, to finally work out with him and Rivers. Uh, so 4,300, I do prefer Hilton, just given the history uh, that he has with Houston and at Houston against the Texans. Uh, if you do play with Rivers, then you definitely can can stack them both together. Um, I actually like the, the running backs in this game as well, but I would go Hilton, save the $600, and hope for that big playability and connection to continue like it did in the Titans game. 
Well, I could see them really pulling off a, a trick play with Jacoby Brissett, who's known for running the ball this season instead of passing the ball this season, oh, yeah. and, and, and putting him in there and letting him air it out to Hilton. And they had a good combination going between the two of them last year uh, during the regular season whenever they played together, and I could just see a trick play coming up sometime soon for those Indianapolis Colts. All right, so let's skip down to Hunter Renfro, who seems to be getting the most reliable amount of targets in Las Vegas outside of Waller. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just take it down through the rest of this, Pierre, I don't I don't know how many more players that we can find this week in the bottom tier of these wide receivers. <laughs> so a lot's going to depend on the injury news. So for one, if, if Sharks out again, uh, you can really look at all the, the Jacksonville guys down here. Uh, mm-hmm. Keelan Coles, 3,800. You got Chenault at 3,600. And then the, the one that actually led in targets uh, was Colin Johnson. Uh, he's down here at 3,300. Uh, he had four catches, 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, again, you kind of mentioned this. A lot of those backup and third string guys get comfortable with the guys they're throwing to in practice. Right. And I think that showed with Mike Glennon and Colin Johnson. So watch the Shark News. Uh, Colin Johnson could definitely be in play. Look for Chris Conley, the same game. Uh, he could be in play at 3K. Uh, we mentioned the the Houston, Texas situation. Kiki QT, uh, 3,500 uh, could definitely be in play to, to kind of take some pressure off of Cooks who's really a one-man show when it comes to that receiving core. Um, cover your ears because your your Bears guys are in play as well down here. You got Darnell Mooney at uh, 3,400, and then Anthony Miller at 3,100. Again, Trubisky plays his best for some reason against the Lions. Uh, you definitely can can look at him, you know, turning to Miller uh, or, or Mooney. Mooney got nine targets uh, against the, the Packers uh, last week. Uh, only had three catches, so that's something to monitor. And then Miller had a really good game against the Lions in week one, four for 76 and a touchdown. Uh, he got six targets last week as well. So if you are looking at Trubisky, uh, your two bear guys are, are someone to, to stack down here also. You know who else I, I caught my eye whenever I was down here is Muhammad Sanu, who found the end zone last week. But what he was doing was uh, in that in that game, he was just hanging around the line of scrimmage, you know, and he was available. And uh, Stafford just saw a blue jersey and started throwing it to him. But I just wonder if there's not a little bit of a rapport starting to build in Detroit. I don't know, you know, how much he's got to get to for three thousand. Isn't that that isn't that high? And he had four targets mm-hmm. last week. It just could be the start of something there in Detroit. Uh, maybe uh, they were kind of behind big um, in that game with the Texans. So the, the defense and coverage were, were pretty soft. Uh, you also want to continue to monitor the, the Lions situation with Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. If either one of those guys are back, it's going to take away even more snaps for Sanu. If they're both out, then yeah, definitely. You can see them definitely just kind of short routes um, underneath routes to Sanu. He's always had pretty good hands. I felt uh, even back with Atlanta before he went to new England. So Definitely, definitely potentially in play. Uh, cheap, cheap salary, as you mentioned, uh, down there towards the, the minimum salary. You're looking at nine points uh, to hit value. So he would open up things for the, the rest of your roster. I cannot believe I see Nikhil Heary at, at 3,000, man. I just, you know, all the hype, all the discussion, <laughs> all the promise, and he's down at that 3,000 price range. And I mean, that, 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 that really shocks me. I, I not shocks me, but you know what I mean. It just has that value of like, wow, man. So many yeah. of us analysts at the beginning of the year, we try to do the best we can at trying to figure out where these people are going to go, how successful of a season season they're going to have, and they mm-hmm. have all the tools, they have all the traits, they have the body size, all those things, opportunities, and all that. And then all of a sudden, it just doesn't ever get put together for them. And that's just what jumps out at me for Nikhil Harry. 
Yeah, I think the body size was the big thing. Everyone was kind of going back to the the Cam and, and Kelvin Benjamin days, uh, thinking that he would be as Kelvin Benjamin. And it just hasn't happened. Uh, early round pick uh, for the the Patriots at receiver, which usually they don't they don't do. Uh, so definitely disappointing, shocking to see him minimum salary. Uh, I know it doesn't help that Edelman's you know been on the IR as well, who usually opens up things for other receivers uh, with his talent. Uh, but Jacoby Myers is really kind of taken off there as the guy, and then Demir Bird. Uh, somehow starting to get a bunch of targets uh, from Cam. I know they played together in in, in Carolina as well. Uh, so yeah, Nikhil Harry's definitely just struggled, and it's sad to see. Maybe next year will be his year, depending on that quarterback situation. So what we've started doing here on the DFS Dreamer podcast, where you can find me, Wes Easley, at Loafinit on Twitter. You can also find Pierre at Peewee31 on Twitter, and we'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Peewee's been getting a lot of different uh, questions about those DFS Dreamer thoughts that he's had throughout the week and also helping those lineup builds. I've had the same thing. You can find us both over at FI Today with a little underscore as well. If you tag all three of them, we will give you a round of applause. How about that? And, and Pierre, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. And we also... Uh, on the FI Today with a little underscore, we also post those fit picks each and every week where we pick each and every game. All of us do. John Frisella, J.B. Barry, uh, even Foster Fantasy or Foster Family. Uh, what's his name? Who, Bobby? Bobby. Thank you. That's his name. I, he's been my longtime friend longer than any of you, and I can't remember his name. That is terrible. Bobby's going to get so mad at me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can find all those picks there over there on the FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. Also head over to anchor FM. You can find the podcast there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, you can leave a comment or a review. Don't forget to slap the stars around. That'd be a big help for the DFS dreamer podcast. Get my bearings, man. The girls went through here. They're, they're loud as all get out right now. <laughs> hey, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not that awesome. All right. All right, so what we do here on the Dreamer Podcast is we start looking at tight ends, and we've realized, or at least I realized, and so I start trying to steer the conversation this way, that sometimes if you don't get those top-tiered tight ends, Pierre, Mm -hmm. that it's just not worth the value anymore to try and get the ones there in the middle. So we just start skipping to the bottom, kind of like I do with defenses. But let me ask you this week. We got Waller, who had a very disappointing week, and it seems like it would want to be a get-right spot for Darren Waller and the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders, but he's at 6,100 in those weather conditions like you talked about for the New York Jets. And also we got TJ Hawkinson at that $6,000 price range. Do you like either one of those guys this week up here at the top tier of tight ends? I don't really like any tight end this week, if I'm being honest with you. Wow. Um, Waller, you can play. Uh, he's He's got the, the talent. Um, he's kind of been one of those as well, kind of like Mike Williams, where he he's off a game on a game. Uh, as you mentioned, he was just off against Atlanta, so he's actually due uh, to be back on a game. It is against the Jets. You just saw Mike Gusecki uh, getting the end zone against the Jets as well. Um, I think uh, Adam Shaheen, uh, former Bear great, got in the end zone as well. So uh, the tight end position is definitely one you can target against the Jets. Uh, 6,100, uh, you're, you're paying up to, to kind of be safe. I know he wasn't safe last week, but – uh, you could definitely play him, but I don't really like him or Hawkinson, but I don't like any tight end this week, so I might be a little biased. Uh, <laughs> but there's no Kelsey, and I'm just kind of disappointed when I look at all these guys. Yeah, and Evan Ingram, he's got a new quarterback, Colt McCoy, so not sure that he can get to that $4,900 price point. Hunter Henry playing against New England, you don't like to play that either. either. And then Goddard at 4300 I guess he's the lone shining star 
uh, maybe among all this group just because of the usage that he's getting. But then mm-hmm. Zach Ertz might be coming back. So we're really throwing another wrinkle into all these things right now at 4,300. I think that Gasecki might have the safest floor out of all of them. But that's only if he finds the end zone, Pierre. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Gasecki either. Uh, he got in the end zone last week, but he only had two catches yeah. uh, for 35 yards on five targets. So without that touchdown, uh, he busts also. Um, applause to you. I know you don't necessarily remember to write things down, but you were actually on Evan Ingram last week. Uh, and he had one of his bigger games of the season, uh, actually his biggest game of the season, six catches, 129 yards. So again, I know you don't write it down and, and remember necessarily, but you were on Ingram and he definitely paid it off. So it's something to, to monitor with, with Colt McCoy. Maybe there's a different connection there for sure. Um, but just keep that in mind with Ingram. I probably still won't play him again, uh, but you hit it, probably got it. Uh, you got to watch the Ertz situation, but Goddard's definitely the you know the leader of targets with ten. Uh, Ertz is Ertz is on the fence of coming back. If he doesn't, you kind of have a revenge game with Richard Rodgers, uh, who apparently is the the best tight end in NFL history at catching hail marys. Uh, he caught caught the one there with with Wentz last night, and then the the big one in Detroit. Uh, he caught from Aaron Rodgers a few years ago, but uh, Rodgers has gotten double digit uh, points uh, his last four games that he's played as well. So if Ertz is out, uh, you can look at Rodgers when we get down to 3,300, but I think you hit it on the head with, with Goddard probably being the one I'm most comfortable with uh, when it comes to this tight end pool in general, really. Everybody was just so happy about Derrick Henry last week and all the touchdowns. That not he scored. everybody. Everybody wasn't so happy. This coach fan was not happy at all. <laughs> well, I tell you, I got, I got perturbed. Because how dare Derrick Henry start vulturing John U. Smith's touchdowns around the goal line? How <laughs> dare he do something like that? Uh, John U. Smith there is at 4,100, and, and uh, you just can't trust John U. Smith just to get those consistent targets week in and week out. But against Cleveland, that is such a juicy matchup going for him. And at 4,100, you know John U. can find that end zone, which he has done many, many times this year. Do you like a John U. Smith? I know you don't like any tight ends, but are you going to play John U. Smith at all? I don't think so. They've kind of been – it seems like he's getting phased out. Like, he, he had nothing against the Colts. He he did nothing. There was no stat for John Smith against the Colts. Uh, I know they got ahead with, with Henry running, but, you know, they still had, you know, Swain. You know, Jeff Swain <laughs> had three catches for, for 30 yards. So, uh, it was just weird to, to not really see John involved. I know Ferkshire wasn't involved either, so maybe it was just a game script. Uh, but I just don't think he can trust it. Uh, when you have someone that's not involved, not getting targets, uh, how can you willingly, you know, pay up at a uh, 4,100 uh, given the tight end pool if he's not even guaranteed to to get any targets his way? Yeah, a lot of targets last week, I believe. You know how many targets Austin Hooper had? How many? Two. Two. One of those was a touchdown as well, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know who somebody I'm looking at to playing this week, though, and it's at the 3700 price point. So that's what we're doing here. We're kind of going towards the bottom, looking towards the top because neither one of those top tier guys really jump at us out at us this week. So we're trying to save some money at the tight end position is Robert Tonian. And it's exactly for the reason that you just that you mentioned, because Rogers is coming back. To, New, uh, to Green Bay this week, and that's just one of those things. It, it, it reminds me of a situation whenever you have uh, Aaron Rodgers there with an old buddy, you know, with Rodgers, with the Hail Mary, and he's like, okay, yeah, I know we let you go, but look what I can do with this guy. You know, just kind of a thing. It's just one of those things that jumps out at me whenever I look at all these different matchups. Robert Tonian is a guy I wouldn't mind playing at 3,700, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers has a good connection with him, to be honest with you. 
He does. He does. Um, I like Tunyon as a player. Uh, he went to Indiana State here locally as well. Uh, definitely starting to build a uh, rapport. Uh, if you watch the games, like Rodgers is always smiling whenever Tunyon mm-hmm. catches a pass. So there's definitely a connection there. Uh, two really good weeks after he kind of struggled uh, back-to-back weeks. I know he got hurt a little bit. Um, so it's good to see him kind of bouncing back. Uh, he's gotten five targets back-to-back games, caught all five. Uh, again, the the um, Eagles struggle against the, the tight end position. Uh, so Tunyon could be the, that tight end of the week uh, out of the group here. Pretty good price at 3700 Again, you can pair him with, with Rodgers, who I feel is in a really good price range at 6800 uh, You could try to jam in Devontae Adams as well and kind of double stack that there as well. Uh, so Tunyon could be a good call there. Uh, might be the only playable tight end. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty of playable tight ends. Just for everyone. No. And I like Kyle Rudolph too. He had eight targets last week, and he seems to be that guy everybody's uh, that that Kirk Cousins is looking for. And we talk about starting up a Cousins stack with him and Jefferson, and he could possibly do that as well because Dalvin Cook is a little bit banged up, so they might be looking to throw the ball a little bit more in Minnesota, especially with Jacksonville and the way they were throwing it around this past week. Uh, probably not with Rudolph. Um, you got to remember that Thielen missed this game, and then Irv Smith was out as well. Um, if they're both out again, then yes, uh, you can go to Rudolph. But if either one of them's back, uh, it's going to take away the action that Rudolph's getting. So uh, I just monitor that that pass catching situation in Minnesota right now. I lean no, because I do expect uh, Thielen to be back this week. Tyler Eifert was the guy who caught that touchdown as well last week, and mm-hmm. he's really touchdown dependent. And that's what all these guys kind of seem to be a little bit. My guy Aikens, who I mentioned last week, and I do remember that one. Some of these guys I do I do remember, Pierre, and that Aikens really bugged me last week because he had dropped what was what appeared to be two great touchdown opportunities for mm-hmm. him uh, for Houston last week. And now that uh, Fuller is out, maybe they'll be looking his way a little bit more. Yeah, he could definitely uh, get more action. Him and Fells both really, uh, both under 3K, uh, no fuller. Um, they're, they're pass catchers, so they may go a little bit uh, to the tight ends, do a little more 12-set uh, type formations. Uh, so we'll see how that goes uh, for sure. Um, again, they're bigger bodies also. Uh, when you look at Cooks and QT, uh, they're both smaller receivers, so the, the tight ends will give bigger targets uh, for Deshaun Watson to throw to. So definitely could see the Texans in play here. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess we have to mention Drew Sample as well. He did have five <laughs> targets, and we're talking about tight end situation and all that stuff. He only had seven DK points. Uh, I, I guess I got to bring that up, Pierre, but do, do we really want to play a Drew Sample? We don't, and that's one of those situations. Like Most of the, most of the, the quarterbacks that come in, uh, they kind of rely on those tight ends for those dump-off and short underneath-type routes. Uh, which you saw at Brandon Allen. So that's the one reason it's interesting. But no, I can't play Drew Sample at all. Okay, so just pull out a dartboard, take a dart, and throw it at these guys here and, <laughs> and find them, unless you want to go with that Tony or something like that. I think that that's, that could possibly give you some good value right there at that point. All right, what about defenses, Pierre? If we scroll all the way to the bottom and try to save some money here at these two yep. places so we can save, uh, so we can spend it uh, wiser elsewhere, <laughs> who do you like here at the bottom tier of these uh, defenses? I think you start with the the Jets, um, twenty one hundred. Again, it's going to be colder weather game there against the the Raiders. You just saw the the Raiders really really struggle in Atlanta um, indoors. They they gave up twenty eight uh, fantasy points to the Atlanta Falcons defense of all teams. Uh, the Jets have been serviceable. Um, I know they're not winning games, but they've been serviceable. Uh, nine and eight points back to back weeks uh, against the Dolphins and the Chargers. So just keep that in mind. Uh, I actually don't mind the Jaguars either. Uh, you still have Kirk Cousins. 
uh, who, who's capable of turning the ball over, throwing a pick six, or um, as last week he got a, a strip sack by Jeremy Chin. Uh, he scored two touchdowns as well against the, the Vikings. So you can look at both of these defenses uh, here at the very, very bottom, I feel. Um, going up a little bit, I think you want to consider the, the Patriots defense also. Um, I know they haven't been the Patriots defense of old, but they, they did get Gilmore back. Uh, you just saw them hold that that Cardinals offense to, to 70, 17 points um, as well. You got to feel like Belichick's going to try to, you know, at least take away one of Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler. Uh, so 2,400, make the, the rookie Herbert make a mistake, uh, perhaps get a, a touchdown out of them. Uh, that's another good price range, I feel. And then the Lions, uh, their defense is terrible, but it is Trubisky or Foles. <laughs> so keep that in mind also. I think you can play them. So in your wheelhouse, we got a, we got a handful of plays in your wheelhouse this week. Yeah, I think you could save some money to try and spend it up for maybe that Devontae Adams like you talked about and that safe floor. Is there anybody in the top tier? I know you like to go from the 3000 up to yep. kind of say you got that safe floor to pick somebody. Anybody just jumps out at you for the rest of these guys? Uh, so I don't know about jump out. Uh, I do like the Coats. Uh, if they get their their guys back, if they, they get Buckner back, they get Okariki um, and Autry back this week going up against uh, the Texans who are depleted uh, without Fuller now. Uh, definitely could see the Coats have a bounce back game after the negative three. Uh, Darius Leonard was really upset after that game talking about pride and guys just kind of quitting. So you could see them being a little bit more fired up. Um, don't mind your Bears. Um, 3,100. If, if Galladay's still out, if Amandola's still out, if Swift's still out, um, you can see the Bears. You can see, you know, Stafford still coming off the thumb injury. Uh, they could definitely, you know, get some points on the board. Khalil Mack, uh, definitely capable of a strict strip sack himself. So the Bears at 3,100. And then up top, you, you got a lot of heavy hitters. You got the Dolphins against Brandon Allen. Uh, 4,400's a lot to pay. Uh, they were 4,300 last week, got 14 points, though. Uh, so they definitely paid off against the Jets. Kind of a similar situation, uh, except warmer weather when you think about the Bengals. Um, I don't know. The Packers defense just isn't isn't great. I know they played well against your Bears, but not a big fan of the Packers defense this year. I feel like they've taken a step back uh, when it comes to pass rushing. Uh, their cornerbacks are still good, but they're not getting to the quarterback as much. It is Wentz. Uh, his, his technique's really off right now. Uh, so keep that in mind, but I probably wouldn't go there. No, it'd probably be the Dolphins up top. I like the Seahawks at 3,300 going against uh, Colt McCoy and the Giants. It's, it, you know, it's just been a long time since he's taken any snaps, and that game is really fast, and they're peaking right now, and they're at home in Seattle. I could see an opportunity there for a couple of turnovers, and once you get a turnover, you may be able to take it to the house, baby. Take it That's to what the you house. Want. You want touchdowns. You can get a kickoff return, punt return, pick six, strip sack for a touchdown. You're golden. That's what you want from your defense, and you just can't can't really predict those. No, you can't, and that is tough to do, and I don't mind the Saints at 3,600 either when I think about something like that. Matt Ryan has been known to have those terrible, terrible games, and <laughs> and the Saints look very opportunistic at this point, uh, in my opinion. All right, the Rams. Don't forget the Rams, 3,200. Again, Kyler Murray has the, the shoulder injury oh, also, yeah. uh, so don't forget the Rams there in Arizona. All right, over in the running back situation, we do have Dalvin Cook at 9,500 or Derrick Henry at 9,200. Pierre, those are really, really, really big price points to be able to have to try and pay off. And to be honest with you, I don't know that Dalvin Cook's gotten that far in quite some time. Yeah, it was he was a letdown, so I had a pretty good lineup going in. And Dalvin Cook, of all people, is kind of the one when it came to his price uh, tag that really disappointed. Um, I know he tweaked his ankle. He did come back into the game, but... I believe it was even today uh, Kubiak came out, the offensive coordinator. Said he's a little beat up, 
I'm not sure what to, to, to make of that. Uh, what do you mean he's beat up? Uh, why do you run him back out there on a sore ankle if he is beat up? Um, I know they're still trying to fight for the, the playoffs. So just something to watch, something to monitor. 9,500 is a lot. Uh, he can definitely get there, though. He did so against Dallas. Um, back-to-back games where he had 51, 42. Uh, so he has that boom uh, that you were talking about. Uh, you just got to be worried when the offensive coordinator says he's beat up. Uh, Derrick Henry, it's it's Henry's season. Um, I always tell everyone that you want to start playing Derrick Henry when it starts to get colder out and, you know, when they're really starting to, to play for something. You've seen back-to-back weeks he's gotten 28 and 27 carries. Uh, so he's definitely getting more involved in the offense. He even got four targets uh, against the Colts last week. Um, I feel like it's Derrick Henry season, uh, highest over-under on the slate. I know he's priced up now, uh, jumped up 1300 but I, I really like Derrick Henry really going forward uh, when you look at the weather turning there for the Titans. Our next tier starts off. Nick Chubb kind of seems to be stationary in that 7000 range, somewhere in that neighborhood, and he's been able to get to that 2100 point or 21 DraftKings points couple of different times uh, it feels like to me anyway last week he had 30 DraftKings points and then he had 14 then he had 21 but he's going to start off our next tier at 7700 and I guess Pierre we got to take that all the way down to Alvin Kamara who we just cannot play while Tyson Hill is under center for the New Orleans Saints can we we cannot we cannot um really tough because uh, he was carrying a lot of fancy owners uh with Breeze under quarterback but he's he's not getting the the targets at all uh, one and two in back-to-back games. Uh, when you look at Taysom Hill at quarterback, he's splitting the rushes uh, with Latavius Murray. Uh, so you really just can't pay for for Kamara right now at that price range up until Breeze gets back. Um, Chubb is interesting. So I don't know if you've seen the the Twitter battle, but uh, there was someone on the Titans uh, that really uh, just basically sent it out that Derrick Henry's the MVP this this year. And coming into Tennessee, uh, Jarvis Landry actually tweeted out that Nick Chubb's the, the MVP this year. So Uh-oh. I guess you got a, a battle of potential MVPs. Uh, so you can see their teams maybe trying to get them to one-up each other uh, with those type of statements. Uh, they're right below each other in price, 9,200, dropping down to 7,700. Uh, but Nick Chubb's been pretty explosive. Uh, he's not he's not needing the, the 28, 27 carries that Henry's getting. He's putting up, you know, 144 yards, 114, 126 on 19 to 20 carries. Uh, if he can turn those into a couple touchdowns instead of one, uh, you could see him having a Henry-type day uh, at a cheaper price tag. So that's definitely something to keep in mind with Chubb there at 7700 Yeah, that really makes me want to not play Hunt. Not only has Hunt not really produced from a fantasy standpoint over the last couple of weeks, but just hearing that means that I can see how they're going to funnel some more things to Chubb this week. All Mm -hmm. right, Josh Jacobs is a little bit banged up. I don't know that we can trust him to finish out that game or hit that 2100 or 21 DraftKings points that we would need him to hit at 7400. Robinson had 30 DraftKings points going up against that Minnesota Viking defense. Do you Mm -hmm. think he could pay off this week? Uh, he could. I probably won't. I mean, he jumped up a thousand. Uh, took him falling into the end zone late to to get there. Uh, again, that was a closer game than I expected to be with the uh, the Browns. Uh, Minnesota gets out to elite. You can kind of see him go away. He'll still be involved in the passing game, but I don't know if he'll necessarily get the the rushes. Um, even though he's been actually pretty consistent in getting his t- touches too. Um, but seventy three hundred, you're looking at twenty one. Um, he can get there. I just don't expect it to to happen this week. Okay, out of Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler, they they seem to be DraftKings seems to be reacting very quickly. You know, Austin Eckler went uh, up a thousand points or a thousand dollars last mm-hmm. week just from that nice week that he had, and it's probably justifiable to be at that seventy one hundred dollar price point, but not against the New England Patriots. Would you play either one of these guys, Jones or Eckler, this week? 
No. <laughs> it's tough. So Aaron Jones, he can break a slate. And that's why I dislike about it. You look at like a week two against the Lions. He's capable of breaking a slate. I just don't think that they're unleashing him uh, like they should. So I probably wouldn't play him uh, just because it seems like they're they're more geared towards the passing attack. Eckler, I don't expect him to get the, the 16 targets uh, that he got last week. But it's really going to depend on what happens with Keenan Allen and what the game plan is. So I won't say I won't play him. Because uh, I don't know what Belichick's going to try to take away, but given that target outcome, if it is Keenan Allen, they kind of leave Austin Eckler open. Uh, he could definitely have a huge game, uh, given the amount of targets that he got his first week back with Herbert under center. Okay, I'm going to skip uh, Matson. Uh, I think that he'll be in play probably at 6900. I know he had a terrible game that last time. Uh, mm-hmm. If Cook were to, were to sit out, I'd say we'd probably all be running over to Matson just to see what would happen. Right? You'd have to play him once or twice, but we're not going to consider him at 6900. We got Sanders starting us off that you mentioned earlier, going against that 30th ranked Green Bay Packer defense that David Montgomery had a really big day against. And and there's so many different people, Pierre, that are either injured or on COVID list, just, mm-hmm. this is a really strange looking, a lot of more, a lot more red letters than there are black letters. Whenever <laughs> I'm scrolling down this DK thing, let's take it all the way down to a, uh, uh, boy, we got to go all the way down to David Montgomery, I guess at 5,500, because there's just so many different people in here that I don't even know that they're playing. <laughs> it's give true. Me, it's yeah, very give me, true. Give me two or three uh, out of here, because I know there's a lot of backup situations that we would want to play. Uh, so at the top, uh, Miles Sanders, it's tough because he, he's not getting the rushing attempts. Uh, that's what scares me. But the, the Packers defense is really, really, really struggled against the running backs this year. Uh, again, that's a team I watch um, in my house a lot, and they're just not stopping to run at all. You just saw, like you said, your guy, David Montgomery, what you called. Uh, really, you know, even even though they were behind that game, 11 attempts were 103 yards. Uh, caught another uh, five catches for 40 and a touchdown for 28 points. Uh, I feel like Miles Sanders is clearly a, a better running back personally than, than David Montgomery. Uh, I just don't know if Peterson will get them the ball. Uh, hopefully he will. Um, hopefully he'll help out Wentz a bit. Um, so I do like Miles Sanders at 6,700. I like Chris Carson um, at, at 6,300 as well. Coming off the injury, he didn't get the, the attempts that I thought he was going to get. Uh, so they might be taking it easy on him. That's something to – to keep in mind with only getting um, eight attempts. And I believe you even caught this, didn't you? You caught Carlos Hyatt having more snaps than Chris Carson, didn't you? Uh, at some point, yeah. But, you know, that that's one of those things, too, where I'm just looking into that prediction before the beginning of the seasons because yeah. uh, Chris Carson has been a little bit banged up. I do see him splitting it, though, about the rest of the way, about a little 50-50 timeshare because they like to really lean heavy on the run in Seattle at the end of the year, it feels like to me. But he could, he could fall in the end zone twice, um, yeah. so I don't, I don't mind him at 6,300 uh, for sure, especially if they're out in front of the Giants as they're projected uh, to be right now. Again, you look at Colt McCoy, uh, they could definitely get far behind and just really start rushing the ball uh, to burn the clock, so keep that in mind. I know he has a C-19 right now, but uh, Jonathan Taylor could be in a really good spot against this mm-hmm. Texans defense, uh, 31st against the run. Uh, he has the, the COVID-19 tag, but it was actually his girlfriend – uh, that tested positive. So if he comes back, if he if he's negative this week, uh, you could see him back in the fold, which does uh, muddy the waters um, from the, the coach running backs. But you could definitely see Taylor uh, come back, have a big game uh, against the Texans there at 5,700. And then I think you can look at your guy Montgomery 
Um, Ryan's the worst against the run, uh, 5,500 himself. If they're playing from ahead, he should get more than the 11 targets that he got, uh, 11 targets, 11 carries that he got against the Packers. Uh, so you can look at Montgomery. I've never been a big fan, but he's definitely in a really good spot uh, at 5,500 this week. Well, you, okay, so I'm going to say that he's not going to be playing from ahead because we are talking about the Chicago Bears. So let's just make <laughs> sure we get that straight right up front, Pierre, but he is getting a lot of those targets as well. He did look, as as our guy John Frisella at Legend Sports 7 on Twitter would say, he looked kind of bouncy last week. So <laughs> I, I will take that as a good sign. All right, we're going to tell you that I, I've already said Cream Hunt is off the list. I know he's at 5,400. He's been at 5,400 or in that price range a little bit, and he just hasn't paid off. He's had a couple disappointing games the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I think that Nick Chubb is going to be getting those carries and those pass opportunities funneled towards him to kind of prove something against Tennessee this week. I'm right. We can't play Cream Hunt, right? Nah, nah. <laughs> you can play. Uh, it, it's been different because you look at the – the game script and the game scripts kind of favor uh, the Browns. If they if it's not favoring the Browns, that's when Hunt gets more involved because he's more of the pass catching back there. Uh, so if they get behind to the Titans, uh, you could kind of see some of that those uh, those snaps uh, going to Hunt. Uh, whereas if they're in the game or if it's close or they're ahead, uh, that's when you see more of the the, the Nick Chubb carries. But if they're behind, uh, Cream Hunt is their pass catching back and could see more snaps. Just keep that in mind. Not saying playing him. It's just all a, a game script when it comes down to the Browns. Okay. All right. Uh, what about Naheem Hines in Indianapolis going against those Houston Texans? He starts off our next tier at 5,300, mm-hmm. and this might be a game script thing as well because I think he had, what, 17 DK points last week and didn't even find the end zone, so that was yeah. a lot of receptions that he had. But I'm going to take that all the way down to one of my favorite guys, Ito Smith at 4700 I don't like the price point. I like the fella myself. I, I know it's against the Saints. I'm just saying I like the guy. He's a little fella. I love watching the guy scoot around, but I'm afraid that if he gets put against, against the Saints, he's going to end up getting hurt, man. The Saints are big, <laughs> bad dudes. Well, Ito Smith got my, my Brian Hill point, so I'm, I'm upset with him uh, last week because no one told me that Brian Hill was the worst running back in the NFL when I talked about him last week at 4K. Uh, Ito came in mostly second half. So all the first half carries uh, went to Brian Hill and Ito just kind of came in mop up duty and did exactly what I thought Brian Hill would be able to do against the Raiders. 12 carries, 65 yards and a touchdown, had four receptions. So I don't expect that to happen with the Saints, but I just wanted to vent uh, that Brian Hill just kind of let me down and should never play an NFL snap again <laughs> on the field. I do like Naheem Hines a lot, 5,300, especially if Jonathan Taylor's out. Uh, he got a bunch of targets from Rivers. As I stated, that's what the, the Colts were really wanting to do. A lot of underneath stuff, and, and Hines was a part of that, getting 10 targets, uh, turned eight of those into 67 yards. I feel like even if the, the Colts are in front, uh, he was still getting the majority uh, of the, the running downs as well. Uh, when you look at Jordan Wilkins, again, you got to watch the, the Jonathan Taylor situation because that will cloud up the backfield. Uh, if Jonathan Taylor's back, but Hines got 65% of the snaps last week. So at 5,300, no Taylor, uh, you would definitely play Hines against the 31st ranked uh, Texans, Texans defense for sure. I will say this too. If Taylor is uh, does come back, mm-hmm. I could still see this becoming a pass-happy game. You know what I mean? Because Houston's going to do that. Houston's going to drop back and pass it a million times, and that just is going to kind of create that pass-happy opportunities, and Naheem Hines might be the guy to benefit from that. And at 5,300, man, that's that seems pretty cheap for somebody who could really – what did you call it earlier? Uh, 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 something, a bracket breaker? 
I don't remember saying bracket breaker. But I'm sure I got some. I'm not sure. Uh, I may have remembered it if you didn't say bracket breaker because that's all that's in my head right now that you said that. But, uh, he, he definitely break can. a slate. You said yeah. break a slate. Yeah, he can break a slate. Uh, <laughs> bracket breaker. Uh, you took me back to March Madness there for a second. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he he's definitely capable. You look at weeks that he's had so far. You know, if you can get that 28 that he got in Tennessee or that 21 uh, that he got against the Lions, even the 17, you take the 17 still at 5,300. Again, I, I still feel like it's more of if Taylor's out. Um, if he's not out, and you got to think that, you know, Taylor just rested. He basically had a bye week. So why would the coach not turn to, to Taylor and kind of give him uh, more carries? Uh, saying he's going to be more fresh uh, than the other two backs that basically just had to split that last game. Um, I like old man Frank Gore, 4,400. Old man getting all the carries there <laughs> with the Jets. The Jets are terrible, but they're handing it off. Uh, Raiders have struggled a lot um, themselves. Uh, you just saw Edo Smith get my Brian Hill points that I just mentioned. If uh, Frank Gore can fall in the end zone like he did uh, week 11, you know, that's 15 points there. You take that happily for 4,400. Uh, I pulled for Frank Gore, played for the Colts, played for the Niners. Really good guy, uh, still showing the young guys that he has it. So Frank Gore, 4,400, is definitely in play this week. Oh, yeah, I can see Gruden going, oh, why didn't we get him on the Vegas break? Why didn't we pick him up? Boy, I tell you, we could have got some action out of that guy. Him and Jason Witten on the field at the same time. Why, banana? <laughs> Cam, I feel like I need to say Cameron Akers because he feels like he's earned a little bit of respect in Los Angeles. He does seem like the back to own now for the Los Angeles Rams. I think he'd be a great waiver wire target if he's not out there owned in your leagues. But can we trust him in a fantasy lineup this week with uh, against an Arizona defense who, like we said, right now they're, the Rams might be playing from ahead for a lot of this game in the second half, and they look like they're hitting the ball off to acres a lot more than henderson yeah i don't see it i know he had the big run against the 49ers last week they got everyone excited but you know nine carries uh, you take away that big run he's, he really didn't have that great of a day arizona's pretty good um actually against the run themselves uh even when you look at like last week damian harris didn't do much james white who a lot of people were on because burkett was out didn't do much either he just happened to score two touchdowns uh from inside the five which kind of helped him get there so I probably wouldn't go with Akers. Again, I like the the slot receivers uh, against the Cardinals. So it'll be more of the passing game that I go in. I leave Akers alone personally. Anybody in Miami that you look to play, or do we got to leave all those guys alone, even though they probably have a good opportunity to fall into the end zone once or twice? Uh, I think it's going to depend on Gaskin. If Gaskin's able to play, uh, if he gets activated off the IR, I think he can play him uh, 5,900 if he's healthy. Uh, the other guys I, I just can't see doing. Not even a Washington. He could put up some fantasy points last week. He got eight, uh, but he had 13 attempts at 49 uh, rushing yards. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just a question mark for me. I just don't think I can do it unless it's Gaskin. Uh, I don't know the, the Ahmad or Ahmed situation either, uh, where he's going to be. Uh, if those guys are back and healthy. It really just cloudies up that back fell a lot. Hold on. All right. All right, Pierre. That about wraps it up. Just about. But we have to be able to have a little DraftKings lineup built by you uh, this week. So let's uh, let's see if you can't put together something magical like you did last week for us. 
We'll see. It's a tough week. It's a really tough week. I don't. I'm like glad you said. Week. I'm really glad you said that because as I sat here and looked at this, I'm sitting there scratching my head, going, "This is tough this week," and and it almost makes me just want to build a Jacksonville stack and just say, "Okay, that's as good as any other one I could build." I mean, they'd open up a, a lot of things for you if you went that route, but uh, I'm gonna play a little safe. I'm gonna see if I can can fit in the the Packers here. Uh, go safe with Rodgers. So I'll start with Rodgers. Uh, 6,800. Again, they're they're almost 10-point favors, favorites against the Eagles at Lambeau. Uh, they can play in the code. Uh, so go Rodgers. I'll jam in Adams, um, and I'll also double stack it with Tunyon uh, to give me a decent tight end since I really hate that position this week. Uh, okay. So Rodgers, Adams, Tunyon. Going to run it back and hope the Eagles are smart and get uh, Miles Sanders involved. Uh, so I'm going to play him at, at 6,700 as well. I'm actually going to put him down in my flex. Uh, I know I've talked about this before, but I, I usually like to get the, the four o'clock guys in my flex. Uh, that way, if there's any news or if you're you're trailing someone uh, in a tournament, it'll give you a lot more flexibility to, to swap somebody out last minute and maybe try to make up ground. If you think, for example, they have Miles Sanders uh, themselves in their lineups, you can go to someone else in that range at that price, like an Eckler at 425 at 7,100 to get off of of Sanders, but uh, I'll go Sanders here in this lineup, 6,700. Going to save it defense. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I think I like the Jets uh, quite a bit this week, hoping the Raiders continue to, to struggle uh, here on the East Coast. Coat temperatures uh, high, higher over under than I thought at 47, but I'll take the, the Jets at 2,100. Leaves me 5,400. Going to try to jam in one of these top uh, running backs. I think it's going to be Henry. Uh, I said I like him in the code when it starts to get in these uh, December, January month. So give me Derrick Henry at 9,200. I'm going to go back to the well, Wes, uh, to my guy, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I'm probably, if, if, if Taylor's back, uh, I may go Taylor. I may go Hines. Uh, but for the purpose of this lineup, give me T.Y. Hilton at 4,300. Okay. Um, I'm going to jam in old man Frank Gore at 4,400 to also save some salary there as well. I uh, feel like he could definitely get in the end zone. It gives me a correlation uh, with the Jets' defense also. So Frank Gore at 4,400, and that leaves me 3,800. And you got a couple options here. You got Keelan Cole, uh, 38, Chenault at 36 in that that Jacksonville uh, and uh, Minnesota game. You got Coochie if you want to run it back uh, with the Texans. I'm probably going to go with your guy, Mooney, uh, at 3,400. Uh, hope Trubisky can have another solid game against the Lions. Uh, got a good amount of targets there last week at eight or nine targets. Uh, so give me Mooney at 34 to round it out. So that's Aaron Rodgers, Frank Gore, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Darnell Mooney, Robert Tunyon, Miles Sanders, Jets defense. I'm really surprised you didn't go with like a D.J. Moore who at some point had three targets or three receptions, negative six yards and a touchdown last <laughs> last night, I think, at some point. That's what he had. Uh, All right. Terrible. That was just a crazy stat line that I remembered. All right, so we got all that right there. I, I don't. I, I I think I'd probably take somebody out and put in there for Mooney instead. I just I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> like you want to so bad with T.Y. Hilton. I just can't with the Bears right now, unless their name is Montgomery. I just can't. Otherwise, it's just crazy to watch those guys play week in and week out. Good job, Pierre. Thanks for walking me through what seems to be a terrible 
DraftKings week. Uh, might just be a contrarian play all week long for me if I play DraftKings this week at all. I just I, I, I don't I don't feel it. I can't. Nobody's jumping out at me. I don't love some of these guys, Pierre. It's a really weird week. Yeah, there's there's folks in good matchups. They just did a really good job of, of pricing guys appropriately, uh, which is going to make it tough. And, and you know that it's going to be a contrarian type of week because a lot of folks are going to be making different type of builds. I'm a one lineup type of guy. I play one lineup everywhere. Uh, so if I do well, I'm doing well in every contest. If I do poorly, I'm just going to lose for that week. So I try to build the best lineup I can possible. Um, as news breaks, uh, obviously I make adjustments uh, from what the show is. So definitely pay attention to the news. Uh, pay attention to injuries and postponements and COVID and, and then go from there. All right. You can find him on Twitter at Peewee31 on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little under, underscore. Head over to Anchor FM and you can find the show there on whatever listening platform you'd like to listen to the podcast on. Make sure you tell your friends. You can share it with them as well. Send all your questions over to Pierre on Twitter and he'll be happy to answer those things. And uh, if it happens to be on the iTunes app that you subscribe to the show on, make sure you slap those stars around. Also leave a review, make a comment. And more than anything else, we want to encourage you, especially during this holiday season, to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.